0: Ladies, gentlemen, fellas, 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 it is here. The final thoughts for week six of the NFL season right now. We got 11 games on this main slate to be breaking down. And I hope you're all having a fantastic start to your Friday if you're watching this or whenever your weekend is starting up for you. It's going to be a fun time this weekend as we start to get more into that fall weather, that fall football, and it's feeling very good. So we're going to go through as we always do. If you're brand new to the podcast or the YouTube channel, we're going to go position by position to where my final thoughts are. And there's a little bit of a caveat to that because this weekend will be the closing thoughts podcast on Sunday mornings where it's going to be on Patreon. You can find that down below as well as all my projections rankings models and a bunch of other content over there for my premium type of stuff and that's where i'll go over my gpp exposures things like that but this is going to be basically my player pool to this point obviously letting you know that friday morning there's still going to be some injury news that we hear about on friday and some big pieces of injury news to keep an eye out for julio jones dj shark some other players that we can touch on as well during the video but just keep an eye on that as well you can use twitter obviously the best source for any type of curating of data and curating of information and injury news is where i would say to just be tracking that and then over the weekend my projections and rankings all that stuff will be updated based on any injury news and players being in or out before we get into this bad boy hit me with a like button if you would thank you so much appreciate you all in advance and a big old subscribe button pops up on youtube two seconds of your time bottom right hand corner if you appreciate this content if you're brand new here and you find that you do appreciate your first time seeing this at some point during the video and on the podcast version if you take two seconds of your time and just hit subscribe or follow depending on if you're listening on spotify itunes Stitcher, or wherever it might be i do appreciate that as well now this video is sponsored by jock market as they've been sponsoring all of the final thoughts videos and the sunday live streams as Well, Jock Market is where Daily Fantasy Sports is just meeting a stock exchange. It's kind of the two are colliding right now. So if you already like stocks and you already like Daily Fantasy Sports, since you're watching this video, this is a perfect thing for you. And if you don't really know much about stocks or you're not into it, this is the perfect way to get kind of introduced to it. And the whole goal is to buy low, buy as low as possible, but actually not get outbid. So there's sort of this eBay sense to it, right? You're betting on types of players and their stock prices. So you don't want to bid too low because then you won't get them. So you want to find that sweet spot of not too low, but also not too high because you want to make sure that you actually get some return on investment on those players. So the whole goal, buy low on Fantasy players and then actually sell high or just cash out high depending on how high they score. So it all comes down to projections is where these players are ranked based on their fantasy points. The goal is to buy low and sell high. Their market opens on Sunday and we're doing a promotion. We're doing a promotion with them. So you can head over to my Twitter. And if you don't have a Twitter, just takes two seconds to make a Twitter just to join into this promotion and also keep up to date on a lot of injury news. So basically what you do is if you deposit before 12 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday, that is October 19th, you would tweet a screenshot of your balance up top so that we can see that you actually have deposited something into that balance and then you would tag just Jock Market on Twitter, which is at Jock Market, and then myself at Salve DFS. And you will automatically be given an extra $10 bonus and one lucky person will be giving a $50 bonus. So just do that. If you need more clarification, it will be pinned up a step-by-step work through on how to do so on my Twitter at Salve DFS. So thank you, Jock Market, for sponsoring this video. And thank you for the extended giveaway to the community. I appreciate that a ton. So what do you say we get up in this video right now, starting at the quarterback position? And it's an interesting week because we don't have a lot of head honchos on the slate. So you're not going to see. I mean, you have Lamar, but you don't have Mahomes on the slate. You don't have Russell Wilson you're not going to get Josh Allen, so some of the players that have really been popping off to start this quarter of the season so far, or so so you're seeing a lot of ownership going to interesting players. Now, naturally, no Dak either because he's obviously hurt. You're not getting a lot of ownership just. Overall, on one player. A lot of the ownership right now is balanced out. Normally, quarterbacks will generally become 5% owned for the most part. There's only like maybe one, two, three, four guys that are going to be above that number this week. So we don't have to worry about too much chalk in terms of our stacks and in terms of our individual quarterback ownership. Now, relative to other players, yes, a 10% owned potentially Matt Stafford this week, if he's going to be the chalkiest player and a Gardner Minshew being up there in ownership, if that's going to be the chalkiest game overall for quarterbacks, it'll obviously be more advantageous to go away from it compared to lower owned spots. But just relative to most weeks, instead of a quarterback being like Dak, almost 20% owned last week, I don't think you're really going to see one get that much over 10%, if any at all, this week. So it's not that crazy of an ownership thing so far as what we're seeing. So to start it off, I do have an interest in Cam Newton. It is a tough matchup as he's coming off the COVID list right now. Patriots are going to have a positive 23%, though, pass blocking advantage as their offensive line has been good this week. And they are second so far in pass blocking just overall in the NFL this season. Denver right now, defense ranked 17th in overall pass rush and ninth in coverage this year. So it's a tough matchup and it becomes even tougher to try and stack Cam. Now I look at him more so as a cash play as a yes, and in that category of just a couple quarterbacks. That I would choose from. A couple of lower end guys are in play for me, but then also Cam Newton at 6,500, mainly due to the rushing upside. You obviously have stacking options here, but they're very few and far in between. You have Julian Edelman and Nikhil Harry, and honestly, I don't feel that comfortable about either of those players. So running Cam Newton as a naked option in tournaments does make some sense, but I'm always looking to optimize the correlation in stacks. So he's more so of a cash yes for me, but I do think he's at least still in a player pool. I'll be interested to see how much I do get of him. And this is very good Denver secondary, but so far Cam Newton, he's top eight right now in fantasy points per game. His deep ball percentage is second in the NFL. He's averaging almost 50. 50 rushing yards per game which is second in the NFL and he has 12 red zone carries which for all quarterbacks is by far number one in the NFL so Cam is definitely on my docket as a yes next up is Gardner Minshew so both sides of this game Jacksonville and Detroit probably going to be one of the more chalky games of the week when you just look at wide receiver ownership uh, not so much the running backs. is not much here in, in terms of running backs James Robinson sure but not much in this Detroit backfield to touch on really just a stacking options with the quarterbacks and the wide receivers relative to some of the other games on the slate it makes sense when you have right now a 55 overall game total for this one Matt Stafford comes in with a 29 overall team total and Gardner Minshew on the opposite side slight underdog here as a 25 and a half total that's what we'd like to look for and target in these spots I think these guys will both be two of maybe the three highest owned quarterbacks this week but I also think that that's fine because it's not overwhelming ownership now Gardner Minshew will have a slight positive advantage against this Detroit pass rush that ranks 27th right now overall in pass rush. just the offensive line of Jacksonville isn't that great so it's only like a positive positive 10 percent according to pro football focus now he's top five in the NFL with 39 attempts per game being an underdog in this one, we can expect a little bit more attempts again, which is nice to see. Not throwing a lot downfield, but 7.3 yards per reception is right around the NFL average, and you're also getting in around almost two fantasy points per game on the ground with over 17 rushing yards per game right now. Now, Detroit ranks in the bottom five in coverage so far this season, so this does add up as a very nice matchup for Gardner Minshew. Track DJ Stark status. Laviska Chenault looks very good to me as well. Those would be my main two stacking options with Gardner Minshew if you were to stack that Jacksonville side of it. Now, if you wanted to stack the Stafford side of it, it's very easy to do that as well. I mean, you have a lot of options. Kenny Galladay being the number one option. Marvin Jones, an aging wide receiver, does not look good this year. Danny Amendola not getting a lot of volume. Same thing for TJ Hawkinson. But those are all your secondary type of options if you wanted to do a full on game stack. Now, Matthew Stafford in this one does project out very nicely for me. He's a top five overall quarterback play on the slate when I factor in point per dollar upside. And when I put more of a weight over on his projection, he starts to become like a top two option for me this week. So that's why you're exactly seeing him with more ownership because a lot of people are identifying that. He's going to have a massive pass blocking advantage this week as Jacksonville ranks just 28th in pass rush. And you have a current Jacksonville secondary that ranks bottom third of the league the 22nd overall. Now Stafford's averaging 34 attempts per game. He's just number 26 in deep attempts though. So the big play upside kind of scary there and number 21 in air yard. So he's not targeting much downfield, but keep in mind the first three weeks of the season or the first two weeks of the season for Stafford did not have Kenny Galladay had some banged up players like Hawkinson out there. So a little bit harder to target downfield. So those are currently my three yeses. And I have a lot of maybes and this can all change. Like my, my ownership. I'm not sure if it's going to be as I would say just condensed as it has been the past couple of weeks with like really Dak Prescott taking up a lot of that ownership this week, it might be more spread out. Matt Ryan, we have to keep a track on right now. What's happening? happening both sides of this game i like but what's happening with julio jones either way even if he's healthy or quote-unquote healthy for this game i'm not sure i really trust it a hamstring injury for him especially after just retweaking it like a week and a half ago it's probably going to take closer to a month to fully heal if not more matt ryan's gonna have a positive pass blocking advantage of 23 percent this week as he currently has the overall 23rd ring pass blocking unit but he's getting a secondary right now and really a pass rush in minnesota and now they're currently 24th in overall pressure rates and they're 30th in pass rush on the season just getting to the quarterback as a general grading from pro football focus their secondary has been improved since week one but it's still bottom of third of the league. And it's really a very similar spot to Garner Minchu in terms of how much both these quarterbacks are throwing, being slight underdogs with similar and exact team totals right now. Matt Ryan right now is number one in air yardage. You still have Calvin Ridley, still have Hayden Hurst, you still have Russell Gage. I know that last week we had Medid just messing up everybody, but he still ran a ton of routes. So even if Julio's out, I'm fine to go back to there. I don't think it's going to be that highly owned. I think Atlanta, Minnesota is kind of the game stack to pivot to. That's not picking up anywhere near as much ownership, like half the ownership on the quarterbacks, which likely means half the ownership on everybody else, wide receiver stacks, things like that. So this Atlanta, Minnesota game is appealing to me to pivot to off of well, it's likely going to be a, a chalky, but rightfully so, Detroit and Jacksonville game. And I like the opposite side of it with Kirk Cousins. Nobody's gonna to wanna to play Kirk Cousins, but he does have a 29 implied team total. He's without his number one RB, which yes, I think Madison's going to fill in and be very fine. I, I want to play a lot of Madison this week. But whether you're doing run back options with some of the Minnesota receivers, or you want to play Kirk Cousins and you want to pair him up with Adam Thielen, maybe an Irv Smith and just punt the tight end position, Justin Jefferson, those would probably be like the only guys I put in my groups. I would maybe put a little BZ Johnson in there, but I'd probably get zero percent of him. I think that's a very interesting way to get different this week, going with that type of a stack and running it back with a really Maybe an old Medid since nobody even wanted to play him or everybody wanted to play him last week. Nobody's going to want to play him this week. I hate in hers. There's very cheap stacking options on both sides of this one that can make you unique automatically, and not a lot of people are going here anyways, even though it also has a similar total and team total for each team to that Jacksonville and Detroit game. So I think that's an interesting spot to be targeting. Deshaun Watson against Houston. So Watson's going to be probably somebody that I just lose a little bit here. I think that he has the clear stacking options and, and a good amount of them, right? Darren Fells. if there's not going to be Aikens yet again, you still have Cobb, you still have Fuller, and you still have Brandon Cook. So I'm going to be interested to see how much I get of him at the $7,000 price tag. Because right now the pass blocking advantage is going to be there. Tennessee ranks 25th in pass rush and 16th in coverage. So not the worst matchup by any means right now. And you're still getting a decent season out of a guy in Deshaun Watson. He's still averaging nice yards per attempt at 8.9 yards per attempt, which is number two in the NFL at this point. Keep an eye on Laramie Tunsell's offensive lineman who's currently questionable with a shoulder injury, but you're getting a lot of points, close to 20 fantasy points per game out of Deshaun Watson. If he's going to go a little bit lower on than he should, I don't think that he will. I think he'll be kind of in that bucket of Gardner Minshew, Cam Newton range. But if he's going to be in that range, I feel a little bit more comfortable stacking Deshaun Watson than I do with the Gardner Minshews and the Cam Newtons with their passing options. So I think I'm still going to get a decent amount of, we'll just see what the price points of the, all that team coming up, including Watson, how much I actually can get of him. Some lesser interest. I mean, value type plays, Daniel Jones against Washington. I haven't projected as my number one value play. That does not mean my best play in the slate. It just means that he's cheap and he's projected for a decent amount of fantasy points. So he does look decent. Aaron Rodgers is going to become more appealing as the week goes on. And he has already for me. The issue is just the price points, right? He's 7,500. Now Devontae Adams is $8,000 and that's a clear stacking option. So it's really hard to stack him up. And if I'm not stacking it, quarterback who's not a Lamar Jackson type of mobile, mobility on the ground or Cam Newton and probably not going to get there. If all this Scantling has a really tough matchup, I think Tonyan's role decreases at least to a, a certain extent, especially in the red zone and touchdown area with Devontae Adams coming back. So it's just really hard to stack this team. Now they're going to be virtually unowned Aaron Rodgers. I think he'll probably be like 2% owned. So there's a lot of upside there if you can have like a five touchdown game. But if he doesn't have like a four or five touchdown game, a huge game, Adams paying off that $8,000 tag, it's really hard to see it happening. Tampa Bay secondary has been good. So I'm probably going to avoid that. Then Joe Burrow throws a lot per game. He's like right now very close to being out for me india has been very good in terms of pass rush and secondary a top three secondary and top five overall defense on the season so far now they got torched to an extent last week in cleveland cleveland just been good overall on the ground every single week and they're both of their offensive and defensive lines have been fantastic this year so it could just be that cleveland is the real deal uh, burrow right now is going to have a crazy negative pass blocking advantage these pass rush is not that great but just his burrow offensive line is nowhere near good he's number two in attempts per game this year number eight in deep balls throwing a lot of air yards there's always upside for this $5,400 price tag but i don't know how much i actually get there due to the fact. That I don't feel comfortable fully stacking this team. That being said, let's move over to the running back position now. And the running back position is going to be a lot more condensed than it usually is for me. And um, it seems like there's going to be a lot, if you just look at my screen right now, a lot of running backs that I'm going to be getting to because there's a lot of guys who just kind of grayed out as similar plays this week. Now, there's a couple of standout plays that we can talk about and we're going to talk about, but a lot of guys, like I was mentioning, just grade out is very, very similar plays in terms of where their price tags are, because there's a lot of guys kind of grouped into that high to six mid-K range basically touching 7K in some spots. And we could start it off for Derrick Henry, who's going to have a positive run blocking advantage against an average Houston right now run defense. they rank ranked right around middle of the pack, 15th currently. Now he's averaging 25 carries per game, 25.2 to be exact. That's number one in the NFL. His success rate, his evaded tackles, everything is right now clicking for him except his yards per carry, but he's just getting so much volume that it just almost doesn't matter at this point. He currently has 29 red zone touches, which leads all running backs to this point, And he's averaging about 18 fantasy points per game. Derrick Henry, I have projected for north of 20 fantasy points. He's a very strong cash game option. He's a very strong GP option. Derrick Henry is also going to be picking up a ton of ownership. And so is the next guy after this in Alexander Madison. When the week started, I saw people saying, oh my God, he's $7,200. Yeah, he should be. He should probably be more than that, to be honest with you. And so should Derrick Henry. I mean, you have Alexander Madison coming in as a favorite in this one with a 29 team total. So this is the perfect things you want to see. A crazy high team total as a favorite. For running backs, that's very good. Now, a guy who's going to see probably all the workload at this point this week with no Dalvin Cook being out there. That seems very appealing as Madison last week alone had 23 overall touches for 140 total yards. He's going to be involved in the passing game. I think you can just chart him down for like 18 attempts in this game as long as he stays healthy again he's going to be chalky him and derrick henry are probably going to come in both above 20 owned. maybe the only running backs to come in above that number i don't think they push 30 but 20 to 25 ownership this week is what i'm going to be projecting so derrick henry and madison both look good i think you can play them both in cash they're more so I'm, I'm not really that interested in cash games this week the way that the kind of slate plays out henry i'd want more so in cash for hundred dollars more just a little bit more security in the overall touches and volume since we have more weeks of him being the starter as opposed to madison just his first week coming this week but madison's still going to get a lot of work in a positive matter matchup against Atlanta and Atlanta defense right now that ranks 23rd in tackling and 22nd in run defense. Next up in my yeses, the price point has come up and Mike Davis is still going to be appealing in my opinion. Look, his ownership is now going to drop for the first time. It's going to be like closer to 15% than 25% where it has been for a while. You don't have Christian McCaffrey coming back from his ankle injury just yet. It's a positive pass blocking and run blocking advantage right now for this team in Carolina. But now he gets a very good defense where he really hasn't seen this defense, especially since he's been the starter. Now we got Tampa Bay back in the day and he had a good amount of targets from them. So I think he's going to be game flowing independent a number six tackling unit top five overall defense and 11th in run defense is this bears team but i mean you're getting 33 targets for a guy who didn't even play really in week one before christian mccaffrey ended up getting hurt That's second in the league a ton of red zone touches 30 receptions is number two the route participation is top five in the league he's the third highest graded pff running back right now and last week he went berserk with 25 touches nine of which were receptions and he ended up scoring another touchdown so mike davis is still in play for me he's still a pretty strong guess because look they're still implied for 24 implied points he's still a favorite so even if he sees 12 14 carries on the ground but he picks up five six targets and brings in most of those as his catch rate right now is in the high 90s then yes i'm going to have interest in mike davis kareem hunt is somebody who i think is going to be a nice pivot play a lot of people are going to see the matchup here now he's going to still be owned right there's not a lot of guys in the slate to choose from he's had a lot of production he continues to have production but in my opinion he should be closer to 25 percent owned and i don't think he'll maybe be right around 15 percent owned is what i have and i'm seeing in projections and kareem hunt's matchup this week is brutal right he gets a pittsburgh team that's not the greatest of matchups by far pittsburgh ranks fourth overall in run defense and 28th in tackling though which is where kareem hunt has been good getting some yards after contact right there and last week what you saw him having was 24 opportunities he ended up seeing 23 overall touches brought in a touchdown reception and three receptions so you had Dearness Johnson two weeks ago he was getting a lot of work that's not going to be his role Cream Hunt was banged up Cream Hunt came in and took over the majority of the workload where Johnson did see nine opportunities one reception and eight rushing attempts in week five but it's mainly Cream. Hunt's backfield right now. And Kareem Hunt, even as being the 1B to the 1A of Nick Chubb for the first couple of weeks, is still in a spot where he's like top five in overall red zone touches. He's going to continue to be involved in a major way. He is an underdog, but just expect that to mean more passing game work. I think he's a nice little play right there. And these are all the guys who look very similar Mike Davis, Kareem Hunt. Next up, Jonathan Taylor, 6,400. I can say a lot of good things about this. He's an eight point favorite in this one. Continues to get all the red zone work. Continues to get a lot of overall touches on the ground. Not getting that much touches in the passing game. Naeem Himes, the backup, is getting more work in the passing game right now and more routes run. He's only ran about 60 total routes this year through five games that's not great for jonathan taylor by any means but he's getting all the red zone work and you could expect him in this type of a game flow to probably see somewhere between 16 and 18 touches if he can get some more passing game work maybe touches at 20s so taylor is going to be a yes for me he's also going to pick up similar ownership to all the guys that we've been talking about the next guy up who's going to pick up a lot of ownership and be chalky and it's kind of hard to get away from it especially in cash games is david montgomery they just didn't price him up all that much against carolina here they're going to be a slight underdog not too concerned only a 21 implied team total but the passing game work for this guy has been absolutely insane as of late i mean these top eight in targets from running backs right now. The last time we saw him, he had a career high seven receptions. He's going to have a positive pass blocking advantage this week as the Panthers ranked dead last 32nd against the run. Everything just looks good right now. He's top 10 in route participation amongst running backs. And all these numbers seem to be trending positive. He's seen five plus targets in back-to-back games. And again, seven receptions alone in that last game. So even when he has a bad game, just like 20 something yards and a touchdown against a good Tampa Bay defense on the ground, he's still able to now flow and depend that through two games through the passing department. And he has the complete opposite matchup in Carolina than he did Tampa Bay on Thursday. Night Football. So Montgomery is my final yes. And then we get into a lot of maybes, which is just more guys who could kind of bulk into a, okay, they could look decent category, right? You have James Robinson, who's going to be like 15% on Miles Sanders, similar bucket right there. Ronald Jones is definitely going to be lesser on this week. We just have to keep an eye right now on what's going to be happening with Leonard Fournette. If he's out yet again, I like Ronald Jones against Green Bay. Yes, Ronald Jones at this point is like one of the most efficient running backs in the league in terms of DR success, success rate, seeing over 19 opportunities per game right now. Just keep an eye on for Leonard Fournette's status because Ronald Jones does become more appealing to me in a game total with a 54 game total. Slight underdog, but we do see him getting the passing game usage. I do think that Joe Mixon, James Conner will be a little bit lower owned. I think that it's an interesting spot to target as a favorite right now that James Conner might actually be, now he's expensive, but he might actually be the Miles Sanders play that we called last week, the Joe Mixon play that we called the week before that. Those guys were a little bit cheaper, but the big thing was that they had upside and their ownership was low. He has a lot of upside. He's a three and a half point favorite with a 27 and a half t- implied team total here, and he's not picking up any ownership. Expect James Conner at this price point when he's price around Mike Davis, Madison, Henry, Hunt, all those guys around him are sucking ownership to be 5% owned, 6% owned, somewhere around there. So this isn't the type of play that you go ahead and put in your cash lineups. But if you're somebody who plays three max, this is the type of pivot that you make off of a chalky Alexander Madison, you say, Okay, I hope Madison only scores 14 points and doesn't get a second touchdown or something this week. And Connor goes off for the 25 point week. So that's the exact type of pivot that I'm looking to make in my higher stakes. Uh, and really just overall three uh, entry tournaments, A couple other guys to finish it out. Aaron Jones does look interesting to me. He's in that similar bucket right now to James Connor, he's just a little bit more Expensive, but Aaron Jones is not going to be picking up any ownership at all this week because of how expensive he is. But Vita Vite is out for Tampa Bay. That is literally basically two defensive linemen being out for Tampa Bay this week. Aaron Jones, I think, is going to probably be below 5% owned. He's going to be the highest price running back, which is not the highest projection, like 17 implied fantasy points. So that's the issue, but he's still going to be like one or two percent owned. He's involved in the passing game. Sure, Devonta Adams is coming back, but this is a nice leverage play. I think I'd rather go to James Conner here. But this is another player that's going to be on a team right now that's implied for 28 and a half points, and he's a favorite. It opened at two and a half. Now they're down to a one favorite so these players right now the biggest leverage pieces at running back in my opinion are going to be Aaron Jones and right now James Conner and I think they look very very appealing Ronald Jones will start to come creep into that category if Leonard Fournette is ruled out a couple other guys to just ch- touch on cheaper options maybe a little bit cheaper Miles Gaskin David Johnson and Antonio Gibson of those three players I think I would go to Miles Gaskin the most just based on usage Antonio Gibson for upside and then David Johnson is just going to keep getting like 15 touches and probably just scoring you 10 fantasy points a week right now so not the greatest we now head over to the wide receiver position I would like to ask you one time for me. And also if I, if I didn't scroll through, through the running backs here and you didn't see all of them, that's just the the last couple of them right there. It's just the ones that we just talked about at the end. Now the wide receiver position, if we would, if you would be so kind, hit the like and the subscribe button on the YouTube video, take a second of your time and just hit the heart button, whatever it might be on your podcast to subscribe and follow this podcast takes two seconds and check out Jock Market. The offer will be up pinned in my Twitter on my profile at Salve DFS. You can find my Twitter linked in the description to get there quickly. Basically, all you do is download the app deposit before Sunday at noon for Jock Market. You take a screenshot of your balance at the top of the screen. There'll be a picture on my Twitter to show you what to do. And then you just tag Jock Market and myself and bam, you just got yourself free $10 rooskies. And again, depending on how many people do this, it might only be like 10 people that do this. And then you have a 10% chance of getting an extra $50 rooskies. So be sure to check that out. It's pinned up in my profile at Salve DFS. You can like it, retweet it, whatever you want to do. But to enter the contest, just follow the rules and screenshot. And tag us both. Wide receiver position, I like a lot of them, and they're mainly the main ones that I like are going to be tying to the quarterbacks that I get the most of. That we already talked about a decent amount of where I'm probably going to be going the most part for that. So you do have Adam Thielen this week against an Atlanta team, and I discussed liking to get to Minnesota and Atlanta as maybe as a leverage spot off of that Jacksonville game. And honestly, I like it even more. So you have Adam Thielen on the Minnesota side of this one at 7,300. He looks like a clear stacking option for a team with a 29 implied total for Kirk Cousins of a matchup against AJ Terrell, who's coming off of the COVID list now, and he looks like a fantastic matchup for Adam Thielen. Like Thielen is going to have a great spot here. Positive 49 advantage, according to Pro Football Focus. Thielen is number one in target share right now at 33%, and he's number one in red zone target share at 58%. It's just absolutely insane. He's top five in deep targets. He's getting usage everywhere, not just the red zone, but downfield. He's the highest graded overall PFF receiver right now. And last week alone, he had nine catches for 80 yards and two touchdowns on 13 targets, a 34% target share. So Adam Thielen has been fantastic. Now he gets a fantastic matchup, and he's likely not going to be all that owned relative to if you're talking about stacking him. Now, like as a solo option, he'll ownership but if you're talking about putting him in stacks where we know Kirk Cousins is going to be lower owned that's where you start to get unique with him I would assume that Adam Thielen if he's not the highest owned receiver will be one of like the three or four highest owned receivers but again when his quarterback is not that owned that's the way to get unique with your lineups is by playing him with his quarterback and just getting correlation and more upside there Devontae Parker is somebody else I have interest in he's just been an absolute monster right now now he's going to pick up probably around average ownership I would assume somewhere around 10 percent ownership for Devontae Parker and right now what I'm getting for Devontae Parker is a nice matchup against Pierre Desire the former cult who has not been that good positive 34% advantage for Parker at this point he's been seeing close to a 20 percent target share he's been very nice right now averaging over 14 fantasy points per game and he's coming off of a couple of really big weeks what you're getting is a sixth overall contested catch rate that's kind of been his thing not the greatest yards after catch guy he's just a contested catch artist at this point in his career and that really started to break out last year he's been kind of average everywhere else but he's been coming on the last couple of weeks as he's been getting healthier from a lower body injury now Kenny Galladay is also going to be somebody who's very owned because in general that game is going to be picking up a lot of ownership this week that Detroit and Jacksonville game now Kenny Galladay is going to have a good matchup if CJ. Hernandez is going to be out. So do keep a close eye on that. Because if he is out, it's the number one positive matchup advantage against Chris Claybrooks, who's the backup for CJ Henderson right now. So that's going to be a great spot for Kenny Galladay to pick apart. I haven't projected very highly. He's going to be owned very highly. So if you're playing like single entry, this might be a pivot spot. If you're playing 150 max, you're probably going to be at or above the field on Kenny Galladay because he's one of my highest projected wide receivers and one of the best overall correlation plays with his quarterback this week. Through his two games back, he already has a 25% target share on seven and a half targets per game, averaging sixty yards per game. Looks very good to me. Another guy who gets just a lot of disrespect in my opinion and he's not going to be highly owned this week and it makes sense because of just the quarterbacks that he's playing with right Joe Flacco but Jamison Crowder is somebody who continues to just produce at this point and he's just too cheap now he's not going to get a lot of ownership because he's priced right next to Parker and the main one right next to Kenny Galladay he's going to pick up a lot of ownership but Crowder is going to have a strong matchup in the slot against Nick Neiman who had a nice month of the season last year in 2019 has not had a good season so far this year but he has a 30.8% target share this year that's fourth in the NFL with close to a 20% red zone share even with Joe Flacco coming in last week he still had eight catches 160 16 yards and a touchdown on 10 targets over a 32% target share. It doesn't matter. He's literally quarterback independent. Jamison Crowder put more respect on this man's name. The fact that Kenny Galladay is in his price range is going to make Jamison Crowder at a fair price point of 6,100 for a guy who's literally seeing like 10 targets a game when he's healthy. He's just not going to be owned this week. And that's not appropriate in my opinion. I like Jamison Crowder a good deal. I think he's in cash consideration and I think he's definitely a GPP consideration. Probably as a one-off option. Definitely not stacking up these jets. AJ Brown is the next one up and he's going to be as of right now, a peak behind curtain on my projections. Again, all my projections and rankings you could find. Link down below. If I sort this by just overall value for right now wide receivers, AJ Brown comes in as my number two overall play. If I f- factor in also projection, he'll come in as my number one overall play. Now that makes him a decent cash option. He's just not priced up. They, again, released these salaries before he kind of had a very nice game, right? Ends up having a touchdown, 80 yards, seven catches on Tuesday Night Football. So AJ Brown's just underpriced. It's as simple as that. AJ Brown will also see a very positive matchup this week against Houston, who has nobody out there. He'll probably see some Bradley Roby, positive 23% advantage, returned from injury last week with a 32% target share and had that Touchdown. So Brown looks strong. Jeff Smith, I had as a yes, because he's my top value, but he's obviously my top value because he's still just three thousand dollars. Jeff Smith was heavily involved last week. He's been heavily involved for two weeks now, and that's with two different quarterbacks. So you can trust it a little bit more. He just kind of stunk last week and Joe Flacco couldn't get him the ball. I like, will see some Xavier Howard, so that's why he's a maybe for me now because yes, Jeff Smith has looked decent out there, but Xavier Howard is also a good cornerback, in my opinion, still. He'll also get some Byron Jones, so not great in the secondary for Jeff Smith's skill set. But last week only had three catches, 23 yards, dropped a touchdown, but eleven targets. He had a 35.5% target area. From Joe Flacco. He's had a 27% target share in two games now. And right now, Brashad Perriman is questionable with an ankle. So this is why he's a maybe. If Brashad Perriman is out, Jeff Smith's going to play again. He's going to run a ton of routes, and he's probably going to see like another five to 10 targets at this point. Just hopefully bring them in. It is a tougher matchup, though, this week than it has been in the past two weeks for Jeff Smith. So just keep an eye on that. That's why he's not a yes for me, but he is my top overall value because at his current price tag, and this is assuming that Brashad Perriman is out, I haven't projected for nine fantasy points. At $3,000, it's going to make him like a 3X value, my only wide receiver to hit that metric. So it's less about his actual upside. And more so just about the price point here. My final yes as of right now is going to be LaVisca Chenault. It's very hard not to like what you're seeing out of LaVisca Chenault, especially after last week. So he's had three straight weeks now with at least six targets. And last week, he had his career and season high as a rookie of eight targets. So Laviska Chenault looks very good. DJ Shark has been banged up. And LaVisca, honestly, is starting to take over these last two or three weeks from a usage standpoint as the number one wide receiver. Yes, you're still getting the touchdowns from Shark, but overall volume, routes run, how they're kind of baking him into this offense, running specific plays for him, looks very good for LaVisca. This would be my main stacking option in my Jacksonville stacks. And then obviously you have shark there, but he's a very strong runback option in your Detroit stacks, and just a very good one-off as well. He's 5,200 right now for a guy who's getting increased usage each and every week. He's playing 17% of his snaps out of the slot right now. He has a 15% target share with 5.6 targets per game on the season. But again, three straight weeks with at least six and he had eight targets last week. He's been very good at this point. I like it a lot. The matchup against Desmond Trufant pro football focus has it as a positive 31% matchup who Desmond Trufant is allowing 78% catch rate and a 1.76 yards per cover drought. This a very strong spot for LaVisca Chanel. Then there's a very long list of maybes for me that will be in my exposures. Maybe I'll get more of them than I'm expecting. And we could talk about that on the Sunday live stream. Or if you're a Patreon Sunday morning podcast, I go over exactly where my exposures are, my stacks, all that stuff, pretty much a full peek behind the curtain link down below to sign up for Patreon. You can check it out. You get also my projections, rankings, 20 plus pages of game by game notes. Well, actually this week it's 18 pages. We condensed it and just formatted it differently to kind of not take up as much space, but still right around the same amount of word volume on there. 18 pages of game by game notes, a bunch of data that's going to help you out a ton show down information. I'll link down below on my Patreon, patreon.com backslash Sal underscore Vetri underscore. You can check it out. The more informed you are, the better the chance you have of winning. But you can see there's a lot of maybes. There's going to be ones that you know, like Devontae Adams. I want to get to him. I want to prioritize him, but it's just so hard when you have Kenny Galladay at $6,200, right? When you even have right now, Adam Thielen at $7,300. When you have guys like AJ Brown at 56 So I, I assume I'm probably not going to get as much of him, especially if I don't get Rodgers, which I'm not expecting to. DJ Moore, Tyler Boyd, I do think is very interesting this week. He has a better matchup in the slot. He definitely has the best matchup of any of these right now, Cincinnati wide in the slot. A positive 27% advantage against Kenny Moore and in Indy right now. He's seeing a 20% target share on eight targets per game. That's crazy. He's seeing eight targets a game and that just amounts to 20%. That's how much right now his quarterback, the rookie Burrow, who's throwing 41 times per game is throwing. It's just crazy. But I do think he has actually a very sneaky upside matchup. 5,800. He's not going to be nearly as owned as some of these other guys that we talked about who are in the yes category. I would assume that Tyler Boyd this week probably comes in somewhere around like the two the or 3% owned margin. Maybe he hits 5%. So I think it's very nice leverage there if you're talking about him. I would like to get to Terry McLaurin. I think he grades out very well for me. Right now, Terry McLaurin does grade out as like a top seven overall value for me in my model. The issue is he's just picking up ownership. And if I can just fade him for the quarterbacks that he's going to be playing with, like Kyle Allen, I might as well just kind of do that. I don't want to play him in cash, and there's just better options around him. Like Tyler Boyd, we just said, is a leverage play, a third or a fourth of the ownership this week with what I would consider a better quarterback in Burrow. I'd rather just go there. So, from a game theory standpoint, it's really hard to want to get to Terry McLaurin. You could obviously tell me he's going to go for 100 in a touchdown. Well, then yeah, obviously, it's easy to get to him. But if you're just talking about the situation right now and the ownership, want to get away from it, he'll also see some. James Bradbury, not the greatest of matchups. Deontay Johnson plays. He's going to be way too low owned. So keep a close eye on Deontay Johnson's status. Uh, He's going to probably only be like five or 6% owned. He's burned people the last two times he's actually played. So anybody who had the courage to go back to him after they got burnt the first time, then he gets injured and leaves again. So, but right now he grades out as right now my number three overall value. If he indeed plays a peak behind the current, I currently have him projected for 14 fantasy points at just a very measly price tag of $4,900 against Cleveland. I think this is a very strong spot. You're going to get no ownership on him. It is a risky spot. I do completely agree with that, on what his injury has been, but just track the status right now. He's questionable with a back injury for week six. And then you can see some other options down here. Calvin Ridley is not going to be anywhere near as high owned as he should be. He's just dominated two times when Julio Jones has not been out there, and I think he should be higher owned than probably the 10 or 12% he's going to be at. Obviously, the price tag of 7800 is the issue, but we talked about the very cheap stacks you can get from this game. If you want to play, let's just say, the Kirk Cousins side of this one and stack up Adam Thielen, who is expensive, but you stack up Adam Thielen with a minimum price $2,500 Irv Smith, who we'll get to with the tight end position, and then you want to run it back on the opposite side with a very cheap. Olmedeed and then you have Calvin Ridley at 7,800. That's an easy way to get in a couple of expensive wide receivers, a cheap quarterback and two cheap wide receivers. But a lot of points in this game, you can kind of soak it all up. So be sure to check that out or at least try something like that out. Again, it's going to be risky. It won't pay off for you more times than not, but it's going to be different and be unique. And when it does pay off, hit a lot more money, not tie and jump a lot more people because it'll be way lower owned. And then there's just a long laundry list. If you're watching on YouTube of guys that are down here, I currently have, I think like 30. It's honestly not that long. It's normally in the forties. It's like 30 wide receivers. Some other ones that are interesting to me, Jarvis Landry's overall target share is increasing. Ati, Higgins has been very good this year. I mean, T Higgins is very appealing to me for a couple of reasons. Let me go to my notes right now on T Higgins. Again, all the notes are on Patreon linked down below right now. He's going to have a fine matchup against Rocky Sin, who's just been up and down so far this season. He's seen 75 plus percent snaps in two of the last three weeks for T Higgins, but he's seen seven or more targets in three straight games. I think it's a sneaky spot figure for him. If you were to stack this game, I would go Tyler Boyd. If you wanted to play Joe Burrow and stack it, I would go Tyler Boyd and T Higgins there and then run it back with either a Jonathan Taylor, a cheap tight end, then Trey Burton if you wanted to, or a Jack Doyle. They're getting similar usage. We can talk about that in a Him, or even a T.Y. Hilton if you want to try and jump on some of the lower owned, maybe still upside left in the old man in T.Y. Hilton but that's an interesting spot to me Justin Jefferson's another nice spot at six thousand dollars flat especially if we expect him to kind of be this elite wide receiver that he's been showing when he's out there and now he has a strong matchup so another option here right you don't even have to play Adam Thielen if you want to get more money to put towards your running backs or more money to put towards maybe your tight end you play the stack with maybe an Irv Smith and a Justin Jefferson maybe this is the game that Adam Thielen doesn't go off or maybe you even go Thielen and Jefferson and then run it back with a Calvin Ridley or a cheaper Olmedeed Hayden Hurst whatever it might be I think that's another option to go I don't think justin jefferson will be anywhere near as highly owned as he should be now that the price tag is at 6k i think it'll keep him definitely in the single digits in ownership will fuller julio jones if you're listening on the podcast and i don't say a specific name and you're like how does he have an interest in them they're probably on my interest list just not as much of an interest from a stacking perspective whatever it might be like Allen robinson marcus Validing, scantling not going to be a major interest for me this week but all the houston guys are on my list right now Cobb. Brandon Cooks, uh, Will Fuller right now. They're all on my list or maybes. I'll probably get to some of them. They'll be stacking options for me. We'll see how much though um, by the time Sunday rolls around when I have all my exposures done. Let's get into right now our tight ends to finish this slate out. Like and subscribe right now as we hit the tight end position. Two seconds of your time as the button pops up on the screen. Honestly, look, I have no yeses. If you're watching on YouTube, you see, ah, they're all maybes. What's that about? tight end this week, you can do whatever you want. Just fill out the rest of your lineup. Some weeks you prioritize tight ends if it's in your stacks or if there's very good options. Like we've had a couple of weeks in the past, like Evan Ingram last week looked very good. Evan Ingram, if I talk about just value tight ends, he does look like my top graded value tight end this week, but he's also going to pick up ownership. And he's also not that far off from pretty much the rest of the tight ends this week. Like Evan Ingram and Janu Smith look very close to each other this week and they're priced for it. $5,200 Janu, $4,900 Evan Ingram. I think they look like the two best options at the tight end position if you're talking about cash game options, but those don't always translate to tournaments because of stats because of just overall upside ownership, of course, is another one. I don't think that you're going to have as much ownership as you should on both of them because all the ownership is kind of just going straight through all the tight ends this week. Like guys, like for me, Noah Pham and Mike Gesicki, don't grade out that well, but obviously if they have like one more reception in my overall database and I just give them an extra reception and projection, they're going to start to look like some of the best plays. So tight end this week looks exactly the same for like almost every single tight end from like a value perspective, in my opinion. Not so much for cash. Like it looks a little bit better for guys like Jonu and Evan Ingram and Darren Fels, like we talked about, but it looks in terms of like GPPs, a lot of guys look the same. All Austin Hooper, Eric Ebron at their cheap price tags look the same. Hayden Hurst at his route run. Darren Fells is an increased role with no Aiken still due to, I believe, a concussion. All these guys look very much the same. When that happens, I'm more tempted to kind of punt the position. You have Irv Smith at $2,500 towards the bottom of the screen. I think Irv Smith looks very appealing this week from a punt standpoint. I do think, though, he's going to pick up ownership. It won't be a lot. It might be like 5% ownership. But what you saw last week was five targets. That's good to see. He's seeing right now four deep targets on the season. It's tied for first for tight ends. So there's some big play upside there. And as of right now, he's averaging 9.6 average yards per target, which is Seventh in the NFL for tight end. So he's being targeted downfield. I don't know if we'll get five targets again, but all we really need here is like two receptions for 20 yards from Irv Smith. Four fantasy points stinks, but it's at the bottom price, so it allows you to unlock those higher end wide receivers who have a lot of upside, those higher end running backs. We've seen it happen in the past a couple of times. Adam Trotman just two weeks ago did it. Zero points, and people were running millimakers with that. He attempted to punt tight end. Now there's some other punt options that aren't the minimum. Trey Burton has seen five and six targets in his first two games back, but keep this in mind. He's being targeted by Rivers, but he's running the exact same amount of routes as Jack Doyle. So right now he's just being seen more and Rivers likes to throw to him more, but the a small two-game sample. So although I do like Trey Burton at 3100 and the usage we're seeing from him, the usage that he's getting from snaps and routes run, Doyle right now is playing more snaps and running similar amounts of routes. So don't be shocked this week if it's Doyle who sees five targets and Burton who sees two, which makes me a little bit more timid to want to get there and just go all the way down and punt for $600 less to Irv Smith. Ertz in a tough matchup. Look, Ertz is still running a ton of routes. His route participation is up. He said that this is the week that he's going to and he's preparing even more for production and that he needs to start producing. So he says he's in the gym right now on the field more with Wayne. Lens. The issue is he faces Baltimore in a brutal spot. hurts is going to be highly owned, but highly owned relative to the other tight ends. Maybe it's 10% ownership. I don't expect any of these tight ends to be 15 or 20% owned as of right now. So hurts is appealing to me, but for 5k, I'd rather go to Evan Ingram. I'd rather go all the way down to Darren Fells in the 3k range or Austin Hooper. I'd rather go to Jonu Smith and I would have more interest if he wasn't going to be as highly owned, but he is very cheap. He's still getting all the usage in the world. He's still seeing a lot of overall targets, just a 20 implied team total low. I'm not that thrilled to go to hurts when he's actually picking up ownership relative to other tight ends. If you're listening on the podcast, some of my other interests, are going to be we pretty much labeled them all but logan thomas i'll still just say his name although he's been brutal not bringing in receptions does not have anywhere near a good quarterback does not have a good team total mark andrews does have a good team total but it's just the volume right i have mark andrews only projected for like 14 fantasy points if he doesn't score a touchdown which he seems to do like every week but if he doesn't score a touchdown he's basically a bust based on like his five targets per game right now which is not that great that's where i'm at that is the week six that is like 35 minutes of information for you position by position if you want even more and there's a lot more right now patreon you have just 20 pages of game by game notes projections rankings i'll close thoughts podcast about my gBP exposure to my overall favorite plays projections and ranks for cash and gBP a lot more stuff than that link down below check it out patreon.com patreon.com backslash sal underscore vetri underscore you can check it all out be sure to like and subscribe before you go and support the sponsor of the show jock market download the app today and also if you want to get an extra free ten dollars it may be a very good chance of 50 free bonus cash on jock market where the daily fantasy sports meets a stock exchange buy low sell high win all the dollar ruskies go over to my twitter and enter into that contest takes two seconds of your time all you got to do is screenshot your balance on jock market and tag jock market and salvetry dfs over on twitter it'll be an example pinned up on my twitter by the time that you're seeing this if you want to get entered into it just for free 10 bucks it'll probably take you like a minute of your time pretty damn good return on investment so be sure to check all that out link down below thank you so much for tuning in we'll have that one dude video out on saturday we'll have the player props video out later today depending on when you're watching this on friday it'll we'll be live on sunday morning on youtube here so thank you for tuning in and i'll see you all in the next one